This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, welcome back to the actual live, well, it's not live, is it? Recorded podcast, but the actual podcast is back, I'm pleased to say, after a bit of a break over the summer. How are you doing? How has your summer been? How has your climate anxiety been with the heat waves and the drought and everything else that's been happening? Do let me know. And I'd also love to know if you enjoyed the chats from the archives. Were they ones that you'd listened to before or were they new to you? Do let me know. As ever, drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk and I would love to hear from you. So I have been beavering away, actually, recording some episodes over the summer, along with having a bit of a break. You will undoubtedly be able to tell when they are released, which ones were recorded over the holidays due due to the uh, shrieks from my kids in the background. It seems that whenever I ask them to keep the noise down because I'm recording a podcast, the volume seems to double. But there we go. Um, And there really are some great guests coming up. However, today's episode is a solo one for me, a bit of a rarity these days for a very special reason, which I will tell you all about shortly. But before diving into that, I just want to let you know about some good stuff that is coming up from Sustainable-ish HQ, aka my house, in the next couple of months. First up, the Big Green Bus Tour is back. I feel like I need some kind of fanfare. (laughs) If you've got no idea what I'm talking about, this is a five-day virtual bus tour where we all pile on the metaphorical big green fun bus, uh, again, aka pop-up Facebook group, with our bags of pick and mix, our cans of fizzy pop, or maybe even a cheeky can of G&T, and our mixtapes of our favourite 80s hits. And each day we stop at a different destination where there are three easy eco actions we can choose from. This will be the fourth running of the tour and each time it has been an absolute blast and hopefully will be a really fun way to either kickstart your imperfect eco journey or to give it a bit of a reboot after the summer holidays because please tell me I'm not the only one who gets real sort of New Year vibes in September as the kids go back to school. So that is all kicking off on Monday, the 12th of September. There is a link in the show notes, which are at uh, (laughs) uh, at, uh, www.sustainablelife.co.uk 
forward slash podcast. Oh, made hard work of that. So there's a link there if you can possibly follow that, what I've just said, uh, with more info and the sign up form. And I would love to see you on there. If you can't find uh, the link on the website, then just find me on my socials and I will be sharing the hell out of that in the next um, week or two before it kicks off. And secondly, if you're not on my email list or following along on socials, and actually, even if you are, there's no guarantee you'll have seen anything I share, thanks to the wonderful world of algorithms. And there are some new dates for my Talking Climate course live on the website, and it is running in September, and there are dates in October and November as well. So Talking Climate is the sustainable-ish carbon literacy accredited course. It's designed specifically to help you get your head around the basics of some pretty juicy topics like climate science and climate justice, along with exploring the the different scenarios that lie ahead for us, depending on how quickly or otherwise we get our act together, creating a positive vision for the world that we want, and super importantly, for um, uh, an action person like me. (laughs) Uh, The the big focus at the end is coming up with pledges for action to reduce your um, individual carbon footprint and something you can do with a group to reduce the carbon uh, impact of that group. As you might expect from the name, Talking Climate, there's a real focus on helping to develop confidence and strategies for talking about climate with friends and family and colleagues, which is actually one of the most important things we can do to help fight the climate crisis. I've been running this course since March and I know I'm biased, but it has been amazing. It's a real roller coaster of a journey from an emotional perspective, but seeing people come out of the other side feeling empowered and inspired and reading everyone's pledges about the actions they're going to take really has been wonderful. So the link with all the info and dates for that, if you want to have a little look, is uh, again at www.asustainablelife.co.uk and this one is forward slash carbon hyphen literacy and I will pop that link into the show notes as well. So big deep breath right then on with the actual show and the big reveal if you have been on the edge of your seat (laughs) of that very special reason for a solo episode that I referenced earlier. If you're listening to this episode on the day it goes out, 2nd of September, then exactly 10 years ago to the day, I was on day two of a year buying nothing new. And I really remember it being a weird experience to embark on not doing something. There's no big kind of fanfare or start line to cross and everything just carried on remarkably normally whilst I waited until we needed to buy something and then figured out what to do about that. I do, however, remember feeling relieved that all the white goods hadn't spontaneously combusted on the stroke of midnight as the challenge started, which was a little teeny concern. So some of you uh, listening might have been following me since that original year. So if you have, then thank you for your uh, loyalty. It feels like there should be some kind of medal for you for doing that. But some of you uh, might not be aware of my I don't know, origin story or the beginning of my sustainability journey. So back in 2012, I slightly randomly, uh, incredibly naively decided it would be a fun challenge to spend a year buying nothing new and to blog about it at the same time. So I was uh, a knackered mum of two preschoolers. So the kids were um, three and 18 months old at the time. I was working Uh, very part-time, mostly weekends as a vet. 
and uh, yeah, wrangling the kids and dealing with them in the meantime. And I wasn't really particularly eco-focused in any way. I mean, I did my recycling, uh, which I think, uh, you know, certainly back then and, and throughout uh, the 90s and the early, early noughties is the message we were getting, wasn't it? That like, if we were doing our recycling, we could pat ourselves on the back and well done us. And that's all we could possibly be expected to do. And I didn't really think much beyond that. I mean, if you'd stopped and someone had asked me and said, are you worried about climate change? I would have said, yes, of course. And I did the thing of watching David Attenborough documentaries and feeling a little bit panicky and a little bit upset. But then life took over again and I was busy and I was tired. And I think I was subconsciously looking away from climatey stuff because it's big. It's overwhelming. I felt possibly how uh, lots of people feel now in that, well, you know, what difference could I possibly make anyway? And what could I really do? And would it make a difference? And all those kinds of things. And I certainly hadn't joined the dots between what we were buying and climate. That that link between consumption and climate change really hadn't occurred to me in any way, shape or form. So as I said, I had this slightly... Um, random idea after reading an article about a woman who was doing something similar and decided we should have a go. You know, the kids just kind of got dragged along. My husband, I remember having um, a slightly heated debate with him about whether uh, buying a newspaper counted as buying something new. Uh, I was quite adamant that it did. And uh, I think he just sort of, you know, went with that anything for a quiet life thing and kind of went along with it. So we came up with a little set of rules. Uh, we said we uh, had to buy everything secondhand uh, except for food. Uh, there is absolutely no way we could be self-sufficient with uh, my level of gardening skills and the size of our garden. Um, medicines, uh, we said toiletries, although I did end up doing things like um, making our own deodorant and things like that during the course of the year. We also said that uh, we could buy new shoes for the kids because I was just really paranoid that my crazy idea be impinging on their little feet. So uh, we said that we could buy new shoes for the kids. We also said that if something broke, it felt really sensible to replace, you know, if, they, if we needed a part, a new part to fix something that already existed, then that made much more sense than, uh, you know, having to ditch that whole item. So those were our rules. And um, off we set on our merry way, as I said, on the 1st of September, so pretty much 10 years to the day. And it's a massive cliche, but that year properly changed my life. It changed our life as a family um, and it totally changed my life. It changed how and where we buy things. You know, we're still actually we're doing another year. Um, anyone who listens to the episode in uh, January about nothing new in 22 we'll know that we're we're doing a little um anniversary uh, another year buying nothing new at the moment and about six or seven hundred people are joining in with that which is just phenomenal so we are very much back on the bandwagon but in the intervening nine years it really did make us much more conscious and aware of what we were buying where we were buying it from and more often than not still trying to look for things secondhand um, so it, it changed that in a very practical level, but it really, I think, changed, and this is going to sound a bit wanky, but it changed how I see my place in the world. I went from feeling overwhelmed and what difference can I possibly make and what's the point, that kind of thing, through to realising that what we do makes a difference. There's that lovely Jane Goodall quote, isn't there? I'm sure people are familiar with it, something like, um, 
what you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of a difference you want to make. This idea that our everyday buying decisions about, I don't know, what loo cleaner to buy, what uh, food to get in the supermarket, what uh, clothes we're going to buy, all those kind of often really quite mundane decisions that they actually do make a difference. And even if it was just making a difference to our family to help us feel more like we were living within our values and to help lower our own carbon footprint, suddenly realising that we could do all of these things felt really important that we then should. And then add to that the fact that I had decided that I would blog about the year, knowing absolutely nothing about blogging, knowing very little about social media. I didn't even know what Twitter was, how to use it. I don't think Instagram even existed at the time. You know, I decided that I would blog about this and not only that, but that I would blog every single day for that year, which looking back absolutely scares the pants off me. There's no way I could write a blog post every single day now. And looking back, some of them were absolutely shocking and appalling and the pictures were just horrendous. Uh, But I did it and it connected me with a whole group, uh, section of society who cared about this stuff too. Because you guys might feel this, you guys who are listening, sometimes it can feel really lonely if you're doing trying to do things a little bit differently, it can often feel like you're the only one and you're the only one who cares and you look around and you see everyone else carrying on seemingly oblivious. It can feel really hard and really lonely. And by blogging and sharing things on social media, it opened up this whole new world for me and I realised that I wasn't alone. And I also, again, possibly sounds a little bit wanky, but discovered a love of writing Some of you might know I used to be a vet, so I very much had to focus on sciences at A-level and at school. And whereas I remember that I really loved history and English and writing essays and that really allowed me to um, find my voice. I feel like there should be some big cliche klaxon going off. But yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, the year changed my life. It changed, you know, like I said, the things that we were buying, where we were buying them from, taught me some really, or forced me to learn, should I say, some really practical skills like how to patch trousers. Uh, We spent a lot of our time as parents with um, preschool children on our knees. They spent a lot of their time on their knees. So there were lots of pairs of trousers that needed patching. I embraced, having called the the blog My Mate Doom Mendier, I embraced the stereotype and learned to darn socks and all kinds of things that I think I otherwise would have uh, shied away from. So I learned all those kinds of practical skills, like I say, connected with loads of people, had that real um, change in my own sense of what I could do and the impact that I could have. And also, I kind of said to myself when I started the year that I would just say yes to any opportunities that came up. So actually, I'm kind of taken aback now as to quite how brave I think I was. I remember tweeting like Radio Wiltshire, our local BBC radio station, and saying, look, I'm doing this challenge. Would you like to talk to me about it? And like they said yes. So I ended up going in there three or four times to update them. Um, ended up getting some really great media coverage in the tabloids and in the um, the, they, the broadsheets, uh, was asked to do a TEDx talk. And this is someone who 
found any kind of public speaking absolutely mortifying. So I would go bright red at even the thought of having to stand up and say something in front of other people. And that doing a TEDx talk in Bedford with the theme of everyday radicals, that was my first experience of public speaking. I think it was pretty crap. I was pretty rubbish. But uh, it really, again, forced me to confront that fear, I guess. And now I absolutely love it. And it's almost funny to think that now a lot of or, you know, a significant proportion of my income comes from public speaking or from talking, doing a lot of them are on Zoom now, but doing talks for and workshops for corporates and community groups and all those sorts of things. So an absolutely wonderful year. It really, really was. And something that I would totally recommend to everyone. I know I've said that we're doing nothing new in 22 at the moment and there's sort of six or 700 people joining in with that. If you want to join in with that as well, whether you just do it for a week, a month, you know, start now like I did stupidly start a, a year's challenge in September, um, then, you know, please do do that. It, I guarantee you, you won't regret it and it will absolutely um, change your approach to consumption, I think, which is really, really key to tackling the climate crisis, trying to slow down and reduce our own consumption. And this is a great way to do it. And the beauty of it is that you can set your own rules. So we had our our own rules that worked for us. That meant that it would be doable, but still a challenge. So think about what are the things that would work for you and for your family and for your circumstances. There's no point in doing this and making it a real rod for your own back. There's going to be a miserable experience. We want this to be fun. We want this to be enjoyable. Um, But if you are considering it, then have a think about it. And, you know, please do set your own rules for it. So unbeknownst to me at the time, I guess this was the real start of a huge journey for me, for us as a family not just in terms of our consumption, also in terms of our waste, something again that I'd never even really thought about other than doing the basics of our recycling. And some of you might have seen me put out a post over the holidays or so post on social media where we put our bin out for the first time in the year um, in mid-August. And that felt absolutely phenomenal. And that journey, again, started during that year buying nothing new. In the new year, in the January of that year, we uh, took part in a challenge with our local wildlife trust, the Wiltshire Wildlife Trust, where they were encouraging people to slim their bin. And I just hadn't thought about how what we were throwing away was connected with what we were buying. And actually hadn't even really thought about what happened to our rubbish once I put it in the bin and the magic bin lorry came and took it away. And this realisation that there is no away and that it all goes somewhere. And then learning that landfill emits methane and contributes to greenhouse uh, gas emissions and all these kinds of things. So it was a massive, massive learning curve. And it's been, again, cliche klaxon, it has been a journey. I can't think of a better way to put it. And For anyone thinking there is absolutely no way I could go seven and a half months without putting my bin out or there is absolutely no way I could go a year without buying anything new. These things, certainly the bin, has happened very, very slowly. It's taken us 10 years to get to that point and it has been a step by step by step process. Obviously, the buying nothing new thing was more of an overnight shift than a change, but certainly the way that it's transformed how I think about consumption and buying and slowing all of that down. That also has been an ongoing process. So I guess I just wanted to really spend 
a little bit of time on the podcast with you guys, just reflecting on that journey, on the year that started it, and hopefully to encourage you guys to have a go or to keep going as well. I never in a million years thought that when we started that journey that I would end up with an online community of over 70,000 people across all the different platforms that's grown up around this idea of sustainable-ish, this idea of imperfect eco-action that anyone can have a go at. I never in a million years thought I would, I don't know if podcasts were even a thing 10 years ago, but I never thought that I could be someone who could do a podcast. I never thought I would be able to manage the tech. There were an awful lot of hours and tears spent looking at YouTube and things like that. But now this podcast that you guys listen to and download and support and share, massive thank you to you all for doing that, has had over 150,000 downloads, which is just absolutely mental. I never in a million years thought I would write two actual books. And not only that, that they would be published by actual Bloomsbury. As I said, I've got a science background. I never thought I was particularly creative, never really um, explored writing and things like that. But being able to have those opportunities has just been so incredible and something, like I said, that I would never have expected. I would never in a million years thought I would have had the confidence or, I don't know, I don't even feel like I do have a level of expertise, but now I have this amazing uh, membership community, the Sustainable-ish Clubhouse, which is just one of the most life-affirming things I think I do. There is just this bunch of wonderful uh, women, everyday superheroes hanging out and it making all these amazing changes, supporting each other, and it makes my heart sing every single day. And as I've already said, I never in a million years would have thought I would now get paid to speak, to publicly speak. This is the person, the girl who would go literally as red as a beetroot at the mere thought of standing up in front of people. And I've been so lucky to have been able to deliver talks to corporates and to community groups and to charities all around the world, virtually, but certainly all around the world. But I really want to emphasise that when I say it all like that, it's really easy to forget that this has been a journey and at times this has been a huge struggle. So if you are also finding things hard, if you are finding it hard to make some changes, to feel like you're making progress, then please, please know that no one finds this stuff easy. It's really easy when you listen to someone else or when you see someone else doing stuff and you see their shiny social media posts uh, to forget that behind that and certainly behind my social media posts and uh, everything that I've done in the last 10 years, there have been very, very many tears. There have been very many snotty, messy, ugly tears. There have been inner battles about whether or not trying to help people be greener could or even should be something I can earn a living from. There's been times when I've stupidly read the comments on uh, the one and only Daily Mail piece I had published. If you're ever in that situation, never, ever read the comments. And there's been times when it's all been kicking off on social media or in the main sustainable-ish Facebook group. And I've just wanted to jack it all in. So please know that if you're finding things hard at the moment, it is uh, you are certainly not alone. The last 10 years have absolutely been a roller coaster on a personal level, on my sustainability journey. And they have actually seen 
big changes in the climate world, although it might not feel like it and it often doesn't feel like it. But thinking back 10 years, climate wasn't really a mainstream issue. It was really niche. It wasn't on any mainstream media outlets. It wasn't really mentioned on the news. It was something, again, I guess we were all vaguely aware of, but it didn't feel like there was a part that we could play in that. And I feel, and I know I'm in an eco bubble and an eco echo chamber, but I feel that that's changed. In the last, certainly five years, if you think since we've had Blue Planet 2 from David Attenborough, we've had uh, climate change, the facts. David Attenborough has really kind of stepped up the way he approaches his programmes and talking really openly now on a very mainstream platform about these issues and what we need to do. We've had Greta, we've had school strikes, we've had Extinction Rebellion. Uh, you know, these things are being talked about much, much more and it does seem to be much more a part of the the mainstream consciousness, which is huge in one way, but in another way, still incredibly frustrating in that the action that we need, we haven't seen from governments and from many businesses as well. And it's been kind of woefully slow and lacking um, in, in many, many respects. But the next 10 years, the next 10 years are absolutely critical. If we as a global collective haven't sorted our shit out, and halved our emissions, then we really are looking at a radically different future for our kids and our grandkids, and also for the later years of our own lives as well, let's not forget. So the last 10 years have taught me a huge number of things, but they've really taught me that we all have a role to play in this, that our individual actions might not, slash certainly won't, change the world on their own, But we are all so much more than individuals. We are all part of communities and groups of people, whether that's at our workplaces, at our kids' schools, in book club, our choir, our faith group, our football club, whatever. And we all have influence with the people that we connect with. We might not think we do, but I promise you that we do. What we do matters. What we are seen to be doing And if we're feeling super brave, what we're talking about matters even more. We are uniquely part of a generation who will influence life on Earth for many generations to come, for better or for worse. I mean, that feels pretty terrifying slash empowering, I guess, depending on which way we like to look at it. So I think I just want to say a big thank you to you all for being a part of this journey with me for being on your own journeys and really encourage you to either make a start or to have a bit of a reboot if things have been slipping or just to keep on going because it really does all make a difference. So you don't have to do anything as extreme as a year buying nothing new, although as I've said, I would totally recommend it. But make a start, keep going, keep on at it, keep plugging away I promise you, you won't regret it. I promise you, you're not alone. And I promise you, you do make a difference. So thank you so much. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening to my ramblings today. And I will be back next week with an actual proper interview with an actual proper person. So thank you so much. And I will catch you next time. Take care.
Stylish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review, and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is, and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.